Hey church family, my name is Saul. I am the worship pastor here at Cornerstone Church. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Hope that this sermon inspires you, that it encourages you, and builds your faith. But we're so honored and thankful that you are listening in. Let's go ahead and just dive deep. Oh, difference makers overcome challenges or problems. Now, why is that important? Because if you don't learn to overcome challenges or problem, you will abort or abandon the vision that God gives you. If you don't, if you don't learn to, 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 to face that, then when opposition comes, listen, the enemy will talk you out of God's promise and really other people will talk you out of it if you allow them to. But when you understand that, uh, that, uh, that vision comes with problems or obstacles, when they show up, you'll just keep right on pushing through because your, your focus is not on the problem, it's on the promise of what God said. This works the same way when you're believing God for something. You, you find it in the Word, and you're standing on it, and you're believing God for it, and then all of a sudden it doesn't get better, but it gets worse. That's what happened with the woman with the issue of blood. She did everything else she knew to do, and the Bible says things didn't get better, but they, they, they grew worse. We, we've, been, we've all been there when we've prayed and believe in God for something and things are, don't get better, but they get worse. But I'm telling you that, uh, that uh, we've got to learn to face those challenges and not abort or abandon the promise of God or the vision God gives us, or let me say this, or the assignment God gives us. Because God will give you an assignment but if you don't learn that there's, you know, that, that just because there's an obstacle or, or, or a problem, uh, you'll, you'll give up on it. And the, the, uh, the, the assignment is still there. You, you just walked away from it. Amen? Amen. Now, now look here. Uh, difference makers overcome challenges or problems. We looked at this scripture Sunday morning, and I'm going to talk about this two times tonight. Psalms 34:19. Many are the affliction or difficulties of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him or delivers them out of, what does the word say? Them all. Delivers them out of them all. The word of God tells us that God will not put on you any more than you're able to bear. And somebody needs to hear this right now. So that means if you are facing it or you're going through it, that God has enough, God has confidence in you that there is enough within you that you can walk through the whole thing. You say, why? Because if not, he'd make a, an exit ramp for you. Amen? And we've all experienced, I've experienced those moments where, you know, we're praying, and it's not getting better, you know, and I'm saying, God, I need your help. Then all of a sudden, there's, an you know, an exit ramp to get me, you know, out of here. But I'm telling you, there's been times that I had to just keep pushing right on through. Amen? Amen. And so, he, you know, if I'm, if I'm facing it or I'm dealing with it, God knows I'm able to, to handle it. Now, that's, that's what the Word says. He has, you know, God has more confidence in you sometimes and me than we have in ourselves. Amen. Amen. Here's number four. Uh, that's why the difference maker will believe beyond reasoning 
Because if you try to, you know, or beyond reason, and let, let, let me finish that, that God will do what he said he would do no matter how big or how difficult or impossible it may look. See, a difference maker beyond reasoning will just trust God with it. And the reason why that's important is because there, there's just going to be some things that you and I are not going to be able to figure out. Amen. And we're going to have to trust God. We're not going to have an answer. We're not going to be able to tell why. But we're going to have to just trust God. Uh, you know, uh, difference makers uh, go beyond or believe beyond uh, just natural uh, reasoning. That's why we talked about the importance of knowing your part and God's part. Because too many times, I'm just, too many times through manipulation and other things, we try to, if you're not careful, you'll try to do God's part or manipulate something around you know, you, you and I don't have to do that. We just got to do our part. You know, I've, I've seen this over the years of just serving in church, you know, people trying to manipulate people just to get, to, get them to church. That's my, my, uh, just so you know, the words, that, you know, Scripture teaches that manipulation is witchcraft. If you just, you know, want to know what the Scripture says about it. King James Version of the Bible uh, says that manipulation is witchcraft. And I've seen church people operating in manipulation, operate letting witchcraft. Thank you for being excited about learning about that tonight. But, uh, but, but that's not my part. My part is to invite people. My part is to pray for people. My part is to encourage people. Listen, you know, when they get through the doors, it's between them and God. Now, we're going to all do our part. Listen, Sunday morning, everybody did their part. I'm telling you, y'all shouted, leaped, and praised the Lord. And I'm telling you, it, you know, it, you did your part. But I'm telling you, the Word says, except the Spirit draws somebody. I've seen, what, I see, I've seen what people look like when the church tries to clean them up. They look good on the outside and stink on the inside. We had a lady, we had a lady uh, uh, in, in the church we pastored in Houston. We, you know, uh, we, we were there and there was a lady that, I mean, she was put together. I mean, she, she dressed nice. She looked nice, everything. Uh, and... Uh, uh, everybody just uh, the perfect lady been in you know church everything and and uh, that's uh, that's when uh, you know um, people saying if you smoke you'll go to hell my pastor taught this is what my pastor taught taught us he said there's no scripture that says if you smoke that you'll go to hell you you can you can still go to heaven but it'll just smell like you've been to hell <laughs> that's what he you know and, uh, but what nobody knew was, and she had a conviction. She had a conviction not to smoke near the church. And she told us later on, because nobody knew, nobody knew. The whole church, nobody knew. Nobody knew. Listen, we, we've had people, we've had people uh, over the years in the church been, you know, together 18, 19, 20, 25 years, and then all, everybody think, you know, they're married, and, and then all of a sudden, they, you know, God deals with them and says, you know, you need to, you need to make a covenant commitment with each other. We had, we had the uh, same, same church. 
We, uh, so let me finish telling you about this lady, then I'll tell you about this other couple. This, uh, you know, they're not here, so we'll talk about them. Amen. Uh, but uh, she told us later on, she stood up, she said, I, I've got to testify God delivered me from something. And we're thinking, oh, sweet lady, I mean, what could she have been delivered from? And she gets up and she said, listen, I have struggled with smoking my whole life. She said, but I had a conviction. She said, I did not smoke until I got a mile, one mile away from the church. She said, when I'd leave church, I was, I was about to shake. Y'all thought it was spiritual, but I was having a fit. And she said, she said, I'd leave the church parking lot. And she said, man, as soon as that one mile was up, she said, I was lighting up. She said, but all of a sudden, she, I think I don't, Melly can clarify this, but she said, one Sunday she was doing that, and she said, I got ready to light up, and the Lord said, I still see you. <laughs> <laughs> And God, she said, God delivered me in the car right there because I'd been wanting to do it but and tried many things. It didn't work out. This other couple, other couple sitting in church, uh, 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 I'll tell you, sometimes it's hard to preach. I mean, I was speaking that morning, and I wasn't even talking about any, nothing that, that, would, con I didn't, that would convict anybody. And all of a sudden, I mean, this couple, we thought they'd been married. They'd been, you know, they kept telling us we'd been together 18 years, and they all, you know, and, and everybody just assumed that they were married. And uh, we're sitting there halfway through the message. All of a sudden, the, the lady looks, and she doesn't do it. She doesn't whisper to it. It'd been, I'd, I'd have appreciated a little bit better if she had whispered to him. But she looked at him and loud enough for the whole church to hear. She said, we can't live like this anymore. <laughs> and I, I just kept going because I don't, you know, I don't know if they're fixing a fight in the middle aisle or what, but I just kept going. And what, you know, uh, we didn't find out till later is God dealt with her that they need to make a covenant commitment before God. And, uh, you know, he said, well, we've got it. We've been doing good. And then, uh, you know, a week later, God dealt with him. And then uh, I'm telling you, in that church, uh, it just started happening. We, we didn't, you know, we had... Well, it was like, it, you know, within a few weeks, it was like three couples God dealt with about getting married, and everybody thought they was all together. Then we started doing, uh, we had to do a bunch of wedding ceremonies, you know, and then uh, they it was just happening quicker and quicker, and, you know, and some of them, you know, people, they kind of think, you know, what, what, you know, how they wanted to go. It seemed like one started was a bit longer, but as we progressed, they got quicker, you know, the, how, the, the time frame of it, and we got down to the last one, and all they wanted to do was just a few people stay after church and witness the whole thing. And so we finished church and said, anybody like to stay and see, <laughs> see you know, see, uh, you know, Bob and Susan get married, stay, and, uh, and uh, 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 they came up and stood up there, and uh, I mean, the whole thing lasted about uh, two minutes, and, uh, and then we prayed over them, and, and we were over with, you know, it was through. The, the uh, you know, smart aleck, uh, uh, or, uh, you know, youth pastor we had at the time, our worship pastor, he, he called me later that afternoon. He said, Pastor, he said, you get any quicker than that last one, we're going to have to put a drive through Wendy in. <laughs> listen, listen, it is not my response, even as the pastor, I want somebody to hear me, even as the pastor, it is not within my ability or my responsibility to convict people of what's going on in their life. That is a spiritual thing. Now, you know what? 
we can shame somebody. Hear what I'm saying? You can shame somebody. But I'm telling you, when it is a spirit thing that goes on in their life, or in our life, in our own life, then it's something that'll last. Amen? So our part is not to do the miracle. Our part is to do whatever God said do. Amen? And then the, the fifth one, um, and this is the one I wanted to just focus on a little bit tonight. Difference makers don't run from crisis. Difference, people that live a life that makes a difference don't run from crisis. This is what I'm going to finish up and spend my, my, my time on tonight. Because when you talk about living a life that makes a difference or being a difference maker, for someone else is one thing. Now hear what I'm saying. But what about when it's you that needs a difference made in your life? Because making a difference in someone else's life when they have a crisis seems much easier sometimes than when it's you yourself going through the crisis. Now here's the thing, those same principles that I've given you that will enable you to be a difference maker in somebody else's life work for you and I in our own life to make a difference in our own life. They work for us personally the same way. And you've got to remember that because... Uh, you, you, you and I have got to know that because there are just going to be times that God is going to be using you or using my, be using me to make a difference in somebody else's life while I'm dealing with a crisis in my own life. But just because I'm dealing, listen, listen, just because I'm dealing with a crisis or a problem or a, something in my own life doesn't mean I, 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 I'm automatically, uh, uh, you know, can abandon this over here or that I'm exempt from, you know, I, I've, got a, I've got something going on in my life. I'm exempt from that. No, that's not what the Word says. And there's just going to be times that God's going to use you. And I'll tell you, sometimes it's frustrating when God's using you to help change other people's lives and stuff. something's not changing that, that you've been believing God for in your life. But you and I have got to just keep going because, uh, you know, it, the Word says with faith, uh, faith and patience, people inherit the promise. And I've just got to keep walking this out and keep, you know, making a difference in somebody else's life. Here's another way to say it. You know, what I sow, I'll reap. You know, if I keep sowing, you know, into a, you know, in, you know, sowing, listen, it's going to come back to me. And when it comes back to me, whenever it comes back to me, I'm not going to get just what I sowed. You know what I'm going to get? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Luke 6, 38. That's a giving principle. We looked at it a little bit Sunday morning. It's a giving principle. So you don't just get a little bit measured back. To, I'm telling you, you, you get that plus some. So there's going to be those times that God's going to, to, um, to use you when there's something going on in your life 
but but what about what about when when you're the one that needs the difference made now let's look look back at that one scripture psalm 34:19 many are the affliction or difficulties of the righteous but the lord delivers him out of them all so when it comes to you personally how many difficulties or problems will God deliver you out of? All of them. All of you personally. Now I want you to let that set in for just a minute. God's promise to you is that he will personally deliver you from how many? All of them. We're going, to, we're going to look at that just a little bit. Now, you have to really believe that for you. And it's got to be something down in you, and it can't be just a phrase or a cliche you say. Well, God's, you know, uh, God's going to deliver me. You know, he said he'll deliver us out of, out of them all. And you know what I'm talking about when you just say it, but you don't believe it. And we're going to kind of talk. Let me say it another way. If you're in a mess facing a problem or a crisis, you do your part. What's, what's our part? You know, praying, believing, watching what we declare or confess, doing what God says do. You, you do your part. And if you're, in, if you're facing the, the, the situation on your own, just start looking for God because he's not far. Amen. Amen. He, he is the need meter and the way maker for everyone that God will put you in contact with to make a difference in their life. But here's the thing. He's the need meter and, uh, need meter and way maker for you too. Yeah. Amen. Uh, I, I want you to think about it this way. And this is where you got to talk to me just a little bit. All right. I want you to think about this just for a minute. What do you have to do to be saved or born again? Come on. What do you have to do? Believe. Come on. Ask, accept him as your Savior. Confess. Here, here's what the Word says. Romans chapter 10, 13. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, righteousness and, and the mouth confession is made known, unto, uh, made known unto salvation. So here's my question. Do you believe? I'm talking about you right here. Do you believe that when you call on Jesus and ask him into your heart and life, do you believe that he comes into your heart and life? Yes. yes. That's good. That's good. We're on the same page. Now, what does that mean? So eternally, eternally, you know, Jesus comes into our heart and life, uh, but uh, on an eternal picture, what, 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 what does that get us? I mean, if I, that's really not the proper way to say it, but what's our promise? Eternal life, meaning that, what does that mean? Let's just make sure we all, what does that mean? Well, this is just a journey. You know, uh, I, I thought about this when I was doing this message. Other, you know, the way the old, the, old, the old geezer group, which where some of us are in, you know, how we grew up hearing it, is they would always say it this way. This old world is not my home. We are just a passing through. That's how my past, just a, 
I didn't even know that. Just a passing through. And he would say it all the time. This old world is not our home. We are just a passing through. We're pilgrims just passing through. But see, what's happened over the years, God's blessed. Listen, I'm going to get with, you know, God's blessed us as a nation. And some people are putting their roots more on than they are in heaven. So, so, so we know that if I call upon the Lord, I'll be saved. That when I take my last breath, I'm going to I'm go to heaven. The, the Bible says to be, you know, be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And so uh, 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 now, now let me ask you this way. Are you sure about this? Yes. Well, why are you sure about it? Okay. It's God's promise. It's in God, God's word. God says it. So our whole eternal, listen, I want somebody to catch something. So our whole eternal existence here on this, in this world, and when we take our last breath, that we're going to spend eternity with God. Does anybody have a question about that? We all believe that. And we trust it. We trust God. We believe him. But here's the point. So many times we'll trust God with our eternal self, our eternity, and we don't even question God. And we'll not trust Him with our natural self or what we're facing right now. We'll trust God. We're trusting, he, we're trusting that when we said yes to Jesus, and all, everything that we, we're, we, we've got this unwavering trust that he will do exactly what he said he would do and we will have exactly what he promised we would have. We're going to live, you know, etern, you know, we're going to worship around the throne, you know, a throne. Uh, there, there's going to be a period, you know, there's going to be a, 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 you know, there's going to be rejoicing and shouting and worship. You think, I, we don't even have long worship services, but I've been in churches that we had long worship services, an hour, hour and a half, two hours. I, I've been in a service where we had three hours, three hours of worship, three hours of worship. But I'm going to tell you, what, what, you know what uh, the pastor got said? He said, now, for those of you that are, uh, you know, we're ready to, get, you know, quit worshiping about 30 minutes. Now, just know we're just practicing for heaven because we're going to be worshiping for, for, you know, through all eternity. It's going to be the longest worship service you've ever been, you know, in eternity. We're going to be doing that. And then he, you know, he paused. He said, now, there is going to be a, 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 a little bit uh, a silence uh, in heaven and he said this he said that's for the church of Christ who, who don't do music they're going to give them a little bit of silence then the rejoicing starts amen amen I want you to get that we have no trouble we have no trouble trusting God with our soul with eternity and the only reason, the only reason that you've given me and we all know is because God promised it right here. Amen. We have no problem with that. That's a, to me, that's the biggest thing. 
the biggest thing is where am I going to spend eternity after life? It, 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 that's the biggest thing. And we will not, we don't even question that. And yet when we see that the word says, I am the God that healeth thee, well, I don't know if that's for, you know, well, I don't know about that. You know, I'm not for sure about that. When we read that God wants to, you know, bless you, oh, well, I, I mean, well, I know, I, but I don't know. I mean, if God can, if he's really can do that. Listen, if I can trust him with my life eternally, I can trust him with what I face today. Amen. Amen. So I just wanted, wanted you to see that. The, the truth is, and I figure you, you look at it this way too. I would rather just avoid problems altogether. But that's not reality. But what is reality? Avoiding problems and difficulties is not reality. But what is reality is many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them from all. I really want that to click in your spirit tonight. That the same God that you're trusting eternity with has the has the ability and the same promise to deliver you out of whatever you're facing. Amen? I want to I close with this. Uh, I, I'm going to have to do this quick because uh, I went a little longer than I thought and we're going to finish on time. 90, Psalms 91. You, you know it, but I just... When, in, just in my Bible reading this morning, this 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 happened to be where, uh, you know, where I, I read um, out of the Old Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, and out of the New Testament, and this just happened. This just you know was my this morning uh, reading time, and you know it, but we're talking about God delivering you out of all of them. I want you to look at this 91st Psalm and thinking about this as we read it, because I've read it, you know, we've, we've read it. I mean, if you talk to Melanie and there's no peace in your home, she'll tell you. She, one of the things she's going to tell you is pray and just quote and read the 91st Psalm through your house because this is the promise of God. So I want you to think about this as I read it. The same God that we're trusting our eternal soul with through eternity without question, without question, this is his promise right here. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my... What's my part right here? If we just start looking at my part and God's part, these first three... My part is to dwell, you know, in the secret place. God's part is, you know, you know, he's going to cover me. My part is to say of the Lord, he is my refuge and strength. My God and him I will trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. 
You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence. Listen, nor of the virus. Doesn't mean I don't, listen, I'm going to just stop and pause here. Doesn't mean I don't need to do everything I, I, my, I, you know, that need, need, I, needs to be done, you know, you know whatever, whether, whatever that is. I just don't need to live in fear because of it. Amen. Amen. Think, I, I'm telling you, nobody wants to die. There's, there's something within all of us, a will to live. I mean, it don't matter if you're, you know, if you're 60, 80, 90, or 110 years old, there's a, there, is a, there is something built within us to fight and to live. But think about it. When the devil threatens that he's going to kill you, he's threatening you with what? Heaven. All right. All right. Just verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but what's the promise? It shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. But you, everybody say me, but you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, so no evil shall befall you, nor any, here, here's the virus promise, nor any plague come near your dwelling. You said, well, but I've, already, I've had COVID. What about that? Well, you're still here. You know. Amen. God's not through with you yet. But verse 11, but he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample under feet, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. That's his promise. We call on him. He's going to answer us. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And then verse 16, with long life, I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. And then when I was reading that this morning, I thought that's not where it needs to end. It needs to go on to verse one. So I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalm 92 verse one says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and sing praises to his name, almost high. I thought, man, that's really where that need. I mean, there's the whole 92nd Psalm, you know, a whole nother uh, 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 part. But I'm telling you, after all of that, you know what my part is, is God, thank you. Amen. Thank you. Am I going to face stuff? Yes. Is there going to be pestilence and there's going to be all? Yes. And I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, the, 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 the word tells us that as the, as the time comes to an end and as the days get darker, listen, more stuff's going to happen. 
I mean, there's going to be more stuff. That's not a doom and gloom. The good news is, is you know, God's going to walk us through all of it. And, uh, you know, the good news is, is when it's all said and done, we're going to spend eternity in heaven. I've told all of y'all. I'm going to close with this. Y'all, when y'all look for me in heaven, I've told you this. I'm going to have Brandon's body <laughs> in heaven. That's my spirit man. Y'all can't see it because he got put in this body. <laughs> my spirit man looks like Brandon, except for it's better looking than Brandon. My spirit man, my spirit man looks like Brandon on the outside, but has blonde hair and the most beautiful blue eyes. That's what my spirit. So when you get to heaven, don't be looking for this because I'm going to have a glorified body this, you know. here's what I want you to get. I really want you to get this tonight. The same God we trust our soul with for eternity, without question, is the same God we need to trust whatever we're facing. Listen to me, without question. Amen, let's stand. Father, we just thank you tonight for the word, and I'm reminded that your promises are yes and amen. And so, God, we just thank you for those promises coming to pass in our own lives. In Jesus' name, amen.